Welcome to Impromptu Church. This is what happens when, you know, things don't go as you plan, but we still have a bunch of good people and a bunch of messages that the Lord has laid on our hearts. So I'm just going to give you a short devotional thought this morning. Uh, after me, Tim's going to go up and share something the Lord has laid in his heart so we can just have a good morning, enjoy some teaching, and then join in fellowship for lunch afterwards. What I want to talk about rests on the idea of self-reliance. So self-reliance. Yeah, I heard a fan. This is awesome. Let's ask, let's ask the obvious question. Self-reliance, good thing or bad thing? Bad thing. Yeah, self-reliance, no bueno. Reliance on Christ, good thing or bad thing? Good thing. Yay, I'm done. No scripture, nothing. I wish it was that easy. Really, it is that easy. But something the Lord has been teaching me a lot about lately is the idea of just relying on self and how he never intended us to rely on ourselves. We can't rely on self. What happens when we do rely on self? Life does not work out. Nothing happens. For the record, I don't have any PowerPoint to share up here. So if you're looking at the screen like, where's the message? What's going on? Not going to happen. I know uh, a guest uh, preacher that Tad had at the church in Ellsworth a few years ago said, I'm not much for PowerPoints. If there's a PowerPoint to be offered, the power is going to come from the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be the one to make the point. Something along those lines. I say that as a lousy excuse because I'm not much of a tech guy. I don't do PowerPoints that often. Point being, the Lord has given me a message that I kind of want to share this morning with that. Self-reliance, not a good thing. If we try to rely on ourselves to fulfill any calling God has laid on our hearts, it creates a mess. It leads to no good. We end up making a mess of things. We end up breaking things more than we do fixing things. We don't end up in God's will. But the beautiful thing about that is even if we do make a mess of things, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? So let's, let's cut out the middleman and not rely on self. I want to share out of John 15. So if we're going to talk anything about not relying on self, this is an excellent passage to go to. John 15, 5. For those of you who know anything about John, you know that this is the vine and the branches. Great passage. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I don't want to emphasize that. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. So the simple call there is to recognize the fact that as a believer, this applies to Christians, people who have surrendered their life to Christ, that devoted their heart and their soul and everything to honoring the Lord Jesus, to living a life that glorifies the Father, so on and so forth, that are born again. This is what this is the group that this message applies to. Jesus is speaking to his followers, and well, yeah, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's saying, I am, I'm basically it. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'm the source of life. I'm the thing that's going to provide you with the nourishment, with everything you need to bear fruit. I'm the vine, you're the branch. Sparing the analogy of any sort of tree or any botanistic type message here. I'm not a botanist. I can't explain too much about it. But Jesus kept these things simple enough for us to understand, but also like a mystery enough for the Pharisees to be baffled by. What is Jesus even saying here? Vine branch. It's very simple. If you're willing to learn, if you humble yourself and come before the Lord as a child would, he makes it very easy for you to understand. So I am the vine. You are the branches. The branch is the thing that stems out of the vine, the part that comes out. Because it's being fed, it's being nourished, it's growing out from the vine. 
So when Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch, that shows that we as believers are called to place our entire dependency on him. That's what lordship is. That's what the gospel message is. We place 100% of our dependency on Christ. We rely on him for absolutely everything to come out of our life. We rely on him for our future, for our calling, for our daily provision, for the very breath that we breathe, for the fact that I can even stand up here. You know, my vision is good. I mean, as far as glasses, I can see, you know, I can talk, I can do everything. My arm's getting healed from the injury that you guys know about, so on and so forth. All these things that we take for granted, we don't even recognize the fact that we have none of it apart from Christ. Does that make sense? I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And so placing our dependency on the Lord Jesus Christ, first above all, that's number one. Recognizing the fact that if you pair, let's say verse, the, the latter part of verse five so like verse 5b down with verse 8 he says i'm the vine you're the branches he who abides me and i in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing so if you jump down to verse 8 by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples so if somebody claims to be a disciple of jesus christ it's a command it's also just an expectation of christ that you are to bear positive fruit you're bear, to bear good fruit out of his life you're, you're, bear, you're to bear good fruit out of your life as you serve the lord jesus he calls us to depend on him, to place our supply and everything on him. And as a result of that, fruit will be bore out of our lives. And that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. At least that's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Bearing good fruit for the Lord, recognizing the fact that he is the vine, we're the branches. It didn't come from us. It's not like the vines are out here growing by themselves. Boasting how, look at me, I'm just an awesome vine. I don't even know where I came from. I'm just sprung up out of nowhere. That's not how this works. Jesus is the vine. Our lives are meant to bring glory to the Father. That's what verse 8 says. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. So be disciples, bear fruit, place your dependency on the Lord. And that's just something the Lord has had to remind me of in my life. It's very easy for me to get proud. It's very easy for me to just get self-reliant, to think, oh, I know enough scripture. I know enough everything. I know enough facts, wisdom about life to just, I, can, I got this. I can handle things. No, 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 no. It's not how this works. The Lord can instill in you wisdom and teach you things, but you first recognize the fact that apart from Christ, I can do nothing. I have nothing to offer. I can't do this at all on my own strength. I can't live life. I can't succeed. I can't do anything apart from Christ because apart from Christ, I'm nothing. I can do nothing. It's that simple. Jesus deserves all the glory and praise for my life. And so when we place our dependency on him and recognize him in that and give glory to the Lord for that, make our daily routine to seek the Lord and to bless him and to pursue what he desires for our lives. That's when we start bearing that positive fruit. That's when we start going forth and be fulfilling the role as disciples that he's called us to fulfill. If we try to do it on our own strength and in our own understanding, apart from the Lord, apart from scripture, that's where things fall apart. That's where the bad news comes in. So <laughs> in terms of seeking the Lord's face, in terms of finding direction, in terms of fulfilling our calling, place it all before the Lord, see what he would have you do. Find out his agenda, his will for your life, surrender to it, and he will make life well. What's a good, well, what's a good example of what not to do? I'm going to take a look at the life of Moses. Everybody knows who Moses is, and if you don't, study Exodus. Moses, his calling, his, God's fulfillment in his life was to go and deliver the Hebrews from Egyptian slavery. That was Moses' calling. That was the thing he was going to do. That's what eventually he did. Bear in mind, it took him 80 years to do that. So. If anybody's discouraged about calling, if anybody's like, oh my gosh, the Lord's never going to, you know, fulfill my, his will for my life. How old are you? 22. I don't know. <laughs> Give it some seasoning. I'm not going to say it's impossible for the Lord to 
bring you into his calling at a young age, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes devotion. It takes commitment to that vine or that, uh, the vine that the Lord has called us to be. We're the branches. He's the vine. Live a life of devotion to him. And that's how you eventually enter into your calling. But Moses, so he's calling. And I think he knew this. His calling was he's going to deliver the Hebrews from Egyptian slavery. Great. I'm awesome. The Lord's going to deliver me. This is cool. So if you go to Exodus chapter two, let's start at, oh, let's see. Let's start at verse 11, Exodus 2, 11. So Moses here. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. When he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. So. The initial comment I gave you guys, self-reliance, good or bad? Bad. Reliance on the Lord. Good. What did Moses do here? It's obvious that he relied on himself. He, I'm sure he knew my calling is I'm supposed to deliver Hebrews. That's what I'm meant to do. Great. Comes out, sees one of his brothers, a Hebrew brother, being beaten by an Egyptian. So you plug into verse 12. He sees this happening. It's so interesting how verse 12 says, he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian. Who was he looking for at that point? He was looking for man. He was looking for man's approval. He was looking for what he can see before him. Notice it says he looks this way, he looks that way. Which direction did he not look vertically? He did not rely on the Lord for that one. He's like, this is great. I'm supposed to deliver a Hebrew. Nobody's around. What does he do? He murders an Egyptian. Obvious question, murder, good or bad, bad. We know that part. That was him relying on himself. He was trying to fulfill God's calling for his life on his own strength, on his own ability. So he goes, murders this Hebrew, murders the Egyptian. Sorry, not the Hebrew. Hebrew was spared. Kind of a good thing. But the fact that he did it in his own strength, not a good thing. So sure, he semi-quasi delivered one Hebrew, which, you know, was still in slavery at that point. But he does that, kills the Egyptian, hides the Egyptian in the sand. And he went out the second day. Behold, two Hebrew men were arguing or fighting. And so Moses comes up in his genius and he says, hey, look, these guys are fighting. I'm going to be their arbiter because look at me. I'm the deliverer of the Hebrews. Didn't you see how I delivered that Hebrew yesterday? He goes up. <clears throat> when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. He says, why are you striking your companion? I'm here saying that because I'm your deliverer. Then he said, who made you a prince or judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So what happens as a result of everything Moses did on his end, his self-reliance, failure to depend on the Lord? Verse 14, so Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Moses caved into fear is what happened. When you rely on yourself, when you fail to recognize the fact that we truly are the branch, Jesus Christ himself is the vine, you place your strength on yourself. And that's just essentially at its core is just pride. Very simply put, it's pride. It's you placing your dependency, your strength on yourself, failing to depend on the Lord. It's exactly what Moses did. And so for those of you who have been around in the church for a while, we've given a couple of teachings about strategies of Satan. The thing that triggers the Lord to move, I mean, people don't like it when you say that sometimes because it's not theologically accurate, but the thing that triggers or spurs the Lord to move in your life is faith. That's what causes the Lord to move. When you faith, when you place your dependency on him, when you trust him despite 
what circumstances are saying, despite what emotions are saying, faith is what spurs the Lord to move. The opposite of that being fear. Fear is one of the primary tools the enemy uses to keep you down. Fear of circumstances, fear of the future, fear of, I don't know if I have the ability to do this. I don't know if I have the confidence. Fear-based thoughts that come from like a self-doubt, come from a false identity. Like, I don't know, I'm just this pathetic loser. I can't accomplish that thing. So many things that come from the enemy. Fear is what he plant. He plots it all through, fear. So what happened when Moses did this? He just became fearful and said, surely this thing is known. Pharaoh sought to kill him, so Moses fled. That's what he did. He's like, I don't know what to do here, so he left. All this stemmed as a result of Moses failing to rely on the Lord, placing his dependency on self, thinking he was self-sufficient. <clears throat> I'm sure his intentions in his heart were good, but he failed to rely on the fact that Jesus Christ alone is the vine. We are the branches. See how that works? Now, eventually, Moses spent some time in the wilderness. I'm sure he spent, you know, he was discouraged after a while, just basically working a casual job. Eventually, the Lord called him back, and he did fulfill his calling, but it took time. It just takes some seasoning. It takes that daily willful surrender to Christ, saying, I need your dependency. I need you to move in my life, Lord. I need your strength. I need you for everything, Lord Jesus. I need you to give me everything I need. I need you to show me where my future is. By the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, the Lord doesn't always show you what your future is. He shows you one step at a time where he wants you to go. And that's just how it works. Lord, I want to know what I'm supposed to do. What's my career path? Go forgive your brother. No, no, no. Career path. You, you didn't hear what I was saying. Career path. Forgive your brother. Do that first. He'll show you what to do after that. You follow that step and you follow the next step he leads you to after that. Next step after that, so on and so forth. That's how you start getting into the Lord's calling for your life. It takes obedience. It takes our reliance on Christ, our willingness to listen to the Holy Spirit. Not only to listen, but to surrender to everything that he has for us. When we do that, that's how we find the Lord's calling. And that's the only way we're going to reach, well, what the Lord has in our life. Even for Ty and Michaela, as far as I've known Ty, he's had this desire to go into missions. I'm convinced that that's God's calling for his life. I'm not God. I can't say that like definitively. It's just my opinion. But I think that God's calling him overseas. How are they doing it? As the Lord tells them to. They're seeking his wisdom. They're trying to figure out where he would have them go. The point being, it takes your humility before the Lord. It takes your self-dependence out of the window. It throws it out the window, and it takes you just placing your dependency willfully before the Lord, seeking him daily in prayer, getting to know who he is through his word, figuring out how to apply his word to your life, and then growing in that. That's what it means to be sanctified. That's what it means to be conformed to the image of Christ. So the more we do that, the more we recognize daily the fact that I'm just a branch. Jesus himself is the vine. I get everything from him. That's how I succeed in the Christian walk. That's how I make it. That's how I figure out what God's will is for our life. That's how, if he's calling you to marriage, that's how you find the godly spouse he has for you. That's how he leads you into the family. That's how he shows you what career path he wants you to go down. That's how he shows you what kind of ministry he wants. Everything flows from that. There is nothing that doesn't come from the Lord. Absolutely nothing. So the more we surrender absolutely everything to Christ, that's when he can start letting that life flow through us. We can become who he's called us to be as brothers and sisters and we can just succeed in his will for us. Amen? Cool. I wish I had more for you, but that's all I got for this morning anyway. So let me say a brief prayer. Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. Let me say a brief prayer. I'm going to invite Tim, and Tim's going to offer a little devotional as well. And then we're just going to hang out and fellowship, have some lunch. So Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this chance you've given us to bless you and to seek your face. Thank you for the fact that you've given the, us this community. We all, we all love each other. We want to bless each other. We want to serve you and honor you. And no more of who you are. We just pray your blessings and peace this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, you speak through our brother Tim. Give him all he needs to just spur us on to want to know you more. We trust you this morning, Jesus. We thank you for your grace and mercy. And ask your peace uh, over us. I pray you show us what we can do to bless you with this day. We trust you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now we have audio? Okay. All right, let's see another quick prayer as I set this up. Uh, Father, thank you so much for blessing us and um, give us an opportunity to come together. Uh, I pray that you would really be continuing to speak. Um, uh, it wouldn't be my words, but uh, what you have to say, Lord. And um, please just soften our hearts as we continue to need to, to change to know you better. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I didn't pray long enough, so there we go. This is the faster version where I share my Bible app instead of pre-making slides. Um, we're not going to start out there, but oh well. Okay, what I want to talk about this morning is, is renewing your mind. This actually came up to me when I was uh, reading someone's prayer request a couple weeks ago. And um, hopefully it's not my fault that Tad got sick. Maybe, you know, God needed a way to prompt me. And so, okay, we'll make Tad get sick. So, no. But maybe I did need a little prompting. Because uh, it's been mulling around in my mind, but I wasn't doing anything to kind of prep for it. Uh, so... And I'm not the most uh, last minute type person, so bear with me. But what I was thinking is, as someone was talking about um, just having doubts and needing to remember that, that God loves us and he's always there for us and keeping our minds focused on him. Um, we're familiar, most of us, with the verse in Romans 12. Um, 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be, so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's a verse that always, I've always had to stop and look again, because um, renewing your mind just doesn't immediately mean something to me. And I have to, to pause and go, what, what is that telling me? And What, what came to mind when I was thinking about this was a story. And there's probably no truth to the story, but that, that's okay. This, this uh, young lady, uh, say maybe 20-ish, um, gets into a car accident and damages her brain. And she remembers everything perfectly up until that day. But each day that goes by, when she wakes up in the morning, she thinks she's still at that day before the accident. Yeah, some of you guys know the story I'm talking about. I'm not gonna mention it because it's not wholly that worthwhile, but I'll go on the story. She continues to remember from there on and day by day, her, uh, her family tries to help her. They, they, they start printing old newspapers so that she sees the newspaper from that day and, and helps her relive that day over and over because it's less traumatic. When she would realize that um time has gone on it's like can, can you imagine you find out a year has gone by and you can't remember it and whatever great thing happens today you can't remember it tomorrow bad thing happens today and your family is suffering and you can't remember it and so time goes on she actually ends up getting married and um so life is just incredibly different she's having babies and she wakes up thinking she's 20 and single and they end up um, 
doing well by putting together a, a video. And when she wakes up and things are different, she's actually out on a boat. And so the entire world is different, right? And so she sees a thing, this, you know, watch, watch this video. She plays the video and it, it does a quick walk through her on how she got to this day. And so her, her first, say, half hour of her day is catching up on what her life is now. Now, to the, why this is a likeness to me. Um, see, we have been renewed. There was a point where we were only in ourselves. We, were, we lived by our own flesh, right? For those of us who've accepted the Lord and, and brought him, uh, asked him to be Lord of our lives, there's been a, a point of change where we've said, no longer will I be in control, but instead I give Christ control of my life. Um, and, and yet, like her, we forget that time that's gone by. It's so easy to revert back to working off our own flesh, working off our own thoughts, our own desires, our own selfishness. And we need to remember um, that we have been changed because unfortunately, we're not so taken away from what we were that, um, that when we look around, we see this new life in Christ. We look around and we see things that we start desiring. We see things that we hate. We see things that someone who did us wrong, right? All these things that look like this old, old life. And so I'm proposing we need a tape like her that helps us get our mind back to the new person that we are now. Now I don't recommend a VHS because where would you even play it? Um, and probably even a video on your phone is probably not the, uh, the right answer. But I am suggesting you be very practical and strategic with this. So don't think, oh, yeah, there are good verses, aren't there? Now let's go have lunch. Why don't you think about actually writing down some things? Create a strategy for yourself. Hey, I'm in a decent place right now. What's the strategy that helps me get here? Okay. Um, I want to back up a little bit and, and uh, not put all the proof of this on a movie. Um, so let's say Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. So where our mind is um, and our heart controls our actions and how we, how we live, everything comes out of us. I also want to be careful... There, there's an easy belief to go, okay, God has remind, re renewed my mind, and therefore, from now on, I don't need to do anything. He's just going to make me good, okay? I'm going to say he's given us the tools, but we need to use them. He's given us his presence, but we need to dwell in it. Um, Richard talked about him being the vine and we are the branches. There's this ability to kind of shut off that flow from the vine. We can choose to not be in him, um, even, even once accepting him, or just be lazy and not hold on. And so to, to, to speak against the idea that, that God's just going to kind of make us have our head in the right space, um, James here talks about a, an active resistance, an active will to follow the Lord. So submit therefore to God. Uh, this is James 4, 7 through, I forget how far I'm going. Uh, submit therefore to God, resist 
the devil and he will flee from you. It said resist, not because you said yes once to the Lord, the devil will now run. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. Again, that's an action. That's a choice. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Um, here, here's the piece where, yes, we can't just draw near to God on our own. But when we reach out like a father, he reaches down to us. You know, we, we reach only a little way. He makes all the difference. But he does ask for us to, to seek him. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Um, actually, that's really further than I went to go. Um, one more in that in Jude chapter one, because it's the only chapter. Verse 19, there are the ones um, who cause division, worldly-minded, devoid of spirit. Here's where I'm really going. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Again, we can't justify ourselves. We can't do any works. We have to rely on God for that but we need to seek him. Um, there's things we can do to build our faith because when we walk in faith, it actually grows our faith and makes us more able to walk in faith. So building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. There's actually more good stuff there, but I'm gonna move on. Um, Sorry, I didn't follow along in my notes very closely. Uh, so I talked about the, the, the sense of he's uh, regenerated our mind. So let's actually have scriptures for that. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. He has renewed us. But again, I'm, just, I'm trying to create proof that Yes, he's renewed us, but we need to actively uh, seek, seek him and renew our minds. Okay, so that is kind of the, the proof why we need to do it, why this is not just a story and there's more meaning to it. Um, so now some verses on what does that look like? Uh, John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So, like, like for her watching this video, um, can you imagine when she's pregnant? <laughs> you look down like, whoa! Um, <laughs> truth kind of jumps out at you, right? But sometimes in our, in our Christian walk, truth doesn't, it doesn't feel obvious. As a matter of fact, sometimes our eyes actually see the things that aren't true. And it's easier to see uh, lies around us than, than truth. So, seek truth is what I'm getting at here. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. So this one talks um, obviously about a, an aspect of our mind. And I think the key word in here that's so easily forgotten, it, it's so important we're seeking God in the first place. But even when we remember to do that, are we doing it with thanksgiving? Oh, Thanksgiving is such a, a key that's so easy to pass over. And if you've been a Christian for a while, it's easy to take for granted everything that, that God's given you. And um, even salvation just becomes, well, of course I'm saved. I've been saved for a long time. Instead of having thankfulness to God for what he has done and 
Uh, okay, so uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Okay, so this is kind of like how we're not anxious, right? So the anxious is, the, is that, that bad old self. Uh, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, what's that going to do for our, our new state of mind? The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you ever memorize something in a different version? It's really hard to read it in another one. Um, on the other hand, if I tried to do that from memory while standing in front of people, it wouldn't have gone well either. <laughs> um, set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are of earth. Again, the things on earth, we get so distracted. Uh, God's given us some tasks to do. There, there's things we need to do. And yet, um, like, like the news, <laughs> you want to find a way to take your mind off of Christ? Just spend a lot of time in the news. That'll, that'll do it. So while I probably stay away from the news too much, um, be very careful there and what you, what you fill your mind with. Um, I'm going to do, yeah, one more specifically that I'm just going to read off a bunch. So um, again, I would suggest some notes because a lot of us, we need to be, have a plan for refocusing our minds on the Lord. Uh, Romans 8, 6, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. Uh, again, keep going would be a great thing, but okay, so suggest some references, um, because in putting together this plan, you really need the things that speak to you. So I really want to encourage you to, to seek out the word, um, even cheat a little bit, do a Google search to, to get... Yes, Michael. Google can be used for good. Um, but don't stop there. You, you need to be searching the word. And if, especially if this is something that's, that's really a struggle for you, I would maybe I'd say start from Genesis, but just start in the beginning of the, the New Testament and search it out. Look for any place that speaks to you in, in renewing your mind and um, uh, just strengthening your, your faith and knowledge that God is good and he has your good in, in heart. Okay, so quick, just jot them down. I'm not reading them. Ephesians 6, 14 through 16. Many of us know this one, James 1, 5 through 7. Philippians 4, 8. Hebrews 12, 1. Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart. Isaiah 40.31, 2 Corinthians 14.16, 2 Corinthians 10.4. So the word is the most important piece here, but how is that best used? You know, um, for some people, I've seen messages written on a mirror, and you're getting ready in the morning or something like that, just having that message to remind you. Um, nothing has changed. I, it, it still floors me. Nothing has changed me more than memorizing scripture in a significant quantity. I memorized before, 
Okay, let me tell you how amazing I was. I would memorize a, a verse, sometimes two, in about six weeks. Right, and just to, to many places, many churches, that actually would be a little bit amazing, right? It, it's such a blessing in this church that goes, oh, um, so are you a Christian? No, memorizing does not what makes you a Christian, but it sure is help, uh, help us walk better. Um, and so memorizing books of the Bible, chapters and books, and, and going through that and at a fast pace. And the reason I, that, that I've seen for me is it makes me meditate on God's word. By the way, that would have been some great, there's some good ones on meditation, like um, Joshua 1.8. Um, that we need to hide God's word in our hearts. And for me, when I'm memorizing, I don't do it all in a big chunk. Uh, I do kind of a bigger chunk in the morning, but then um, little breaks during work. I look up the verse I'm trying to work on and I say it in my head when I run to the bathroom or something, or I'll get some water. And um, it's been the thing that, that most causes me to be meditating in his word. And now that's what my mind's churning on all day. Um, a little review right before bed. It's the hardest time ever, but it's almost one of the most effective. Um, and those things are super, been really key for me. Um, so also seek out other solid believers and go, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm trying these things. I put together these verses. Do you have other thoughts for me? And other people can speak into your life and say, hey, try this. Um, I'll say... This is just, this is a time, a special time for me. Um, I was at this camp and uh, the rest of the camp didn't, uh, it was a retreat kind of thing. The rest of it didn't stand out to me, but we had a quiet time and I was out walking and praying and completely off subject. I felt like the Lord asked me, how do you know that I'm good? <laughs> Why are you asking me? Because <laughs> you said so. And he's like, no, it's not good enough. Okay. And I'm in Colorado and the mountains are beautiful. I'm like, well, cause you made beautiful things. He said, no, people make pretty art. God, are you trying to convince me that you're not? But this is like a, a good teacher that doesn't just tell you the answer that keeps pushing you to keep searching and searching. And I didn't remember all, all the, I came up with several other things I thought might be and kept feeling like, no, it was the strangest thing. And then it's kind of like there was nothing. And I'm walking in this real dark area and there's this um, ditch and I see this body bag just out in the middle of the woods. I find a body bag and I kind of freaked a little bit. And, you know, seconds later when my mind wakes up and I realize it's a black piece of irrigation plastic and not a body bag. <laughs> and I go, wow, why did my mind go to that? And God said, kind of nudges me and I went, I know that you're good because you're the one that puts the good things into me. You're the only source of good in my life and in my heart. There's, there's, there's people who do good things. I'm not saying there's not, but, but you're the source of good in me. And um, it's amazing. Like, why is, why is thinking of plastic with a body bag? But anyways, it has, and, it, and it's continued to be the thing that I can hold on to when I struggle. I go back and go, you showed me that you are what's good in me. And no matter what anybody says or anybody proves, what else was there, right? Because I know that whatever good comes out of me didn't come from me. Um, so that's just to encourage you that, thank you, that, that you seek those things out in your life, the things that encourage you and, and 
note card in the morning. Maybe you know that it's after lunch that you tend to um, struggle. Be, make a plan out of this. Make a, a, a strategy to encourage yourself. Um, God is there for you. He's waiting for you. He, he wants to be a part of this, but he wants you to be seeking him. So, all right, I didn't bring my water up here, so clearly it's time to be done because I can't hardly talk anymore. Um, but I just want to encourage everyone. Um, walking in faith is absolutely a journey, and, and God wants to take you by the hand and, and draw you closer. Um, but some of that is absolutely reaching out to him. And um, so thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'll close in prayer. And um, some wonderful people have some food for us to share. So if you're new, please stay and, and, uh, and eat with us. Uh, Father, I just thank you so much that, that you are the good in us. Um, it doesn't take very much self-interflection to realize that what is in ourselves and of ourselves is, is bad and ugly. And um, our best moments are, are usually uh, pride and selfishness driven anyways, just so that we look good. And uh, I thank you that, that you come in and, and bring that, that love that, that Ty talked about, that uh, um, Brother Andrew, maybe, I, sorry, I forget, what was sharing with that, that tribe, that he was able to act out love because you'd loved him. And Father, um, help us to, to not take for granted all the love that you give us, and that instead we're able to pour that out to others. Um, Father, please encourage us as, as we look for those, those times where we tend to be weak, that we have a plan to, uh, to look to your word, to look to the things that you've done in our hearts, and to those around us, the examples you've given us to, to encourage us and draw our eyes back to you, Lord, um, that, that we're not easily overtaken, um, that we are that, that cord of three strands, uh, that you're with us, but you also give us brothers and sisters to help us stand. We thank you for this time. and. Um, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.